0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Hooked on Sports and we are coming off the first week of the 2021 NFL season. We have a lot to get into this week. We have the regular NFL podcast coming tomorrow to preview week number two of the National Football League and some of the matchups that that are coming up there. But we have a lot to get into from week one of the NFL. We're going to get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how and how they were able to take down the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get into the Packers' ugly performance against the Saints. We're going to get into the Raiders taking down the Baltimore Ravens so we're so we're going to get into all those headlines in just a little bit so but let's get started with the bucks and the cowboys it is no secret that we are all over the last 18 months of the covid 19 pandemic but with the highly contagious delta variant circulating around the country we need our folks vaccinated more than ever so we can go back to fully enjoying the freedoms and fun that we're used to. For more information and to find where the vaccines are being administered, please go to vaccines.gov online to find the location near you. That was an epic game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, they were both outstanding, particularly Dak Prescott and that offensive line. And my premise for picking the, the Buccaneers to cover the eight-point spread, which, which didn't happen, was that Zach Martin, uh, testing positive for COVID, unable to play, um, that he would weaken the Cowboys' offensive line for not being there. But, kind of a I thought did a really good job um again, getting some key blocks on on guys like Devin White and and, and Jason Pierre-Paul and others uh, throughout the course of the night but I just thought Dak looked like him, uh, looked like he was in mid-season form he was sl- slinging passes all the way up be- between Hit his uh, talented cast of wide receivers. Ezekiel Elliott did an excellent job in terms of blocking uh, for for Dak Prescott whenever he wasn't running the football. And it, it appears as if that the, the Cowboys' offense has transformed f- from a ground and pound offense with the with the with the strength of Ezekiel Elliott to an offense that's going to rely on uh, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb for the time being to catch. It's uh, seven to 15, seven to thirteen balls a day, uh, a week from Dak Prescott and and Prescott four hundred and three yards passing, three touchdowns, uh, in in his return on forty two completions and fifty eight attempts. Ezekiel Elliott only ran for thirty three yards, but a, a lot of it had to do with uh, Dallas playing from behind and. And and, and, I, and I thought the Cowboys uh, uh, played a really good brand of football, and this is proof why I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to make the playoffs for, uh, as a wild card in 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 the NFC. That the, the Cowboys' offense can compete with anybody. That they uh, the they push Tom Brady to the brink, and 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 with with what the Cowboys have and especially defensively i thought the defense uh made, made some big plays i think the the approach the Cowboys took on defense uh paid dividends uh for for a little while and, and they, they were more aggressive defensively they they, they uh they, they made a lot more plays but and particularly uh, the, the the turnovers and the uh, they they lost the they forced and recovered two fumbles. The one by Ronald Jones, which can which translated into points, and the other by Chris Godwin in the end zone for for a chance to ice the game for Tampa. That uh, Godwin forces of uh is forced to fumble, and and by um by Jordan Lewis and and he recovered it. So, I thought the Cowboys' defense made a lot of plays, and, and that's what Dan Quinn's, uh, uh, Dan Quinn's defenses do when Dan Quinn is the defense coordinator. Now, the, 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 the talent level isn't quite there yet, but there are a lot of encouraging signs to me about the Dallas Cowboys and, and the way they played. Now, on to Tampa. Tom Brady, at age 44 years old. Continues to play at an exceptionally high level, and and he and he was just slinging the balls left and right, and, and he got a lot of contributions, and he threw two touchdowns to who else? Rob Gronkowski. So Gronkowski caught two touchdowns uh, in, in this game. He caught he, he scored in the Super Bowl. It's uh, a- Antonio Brown was was excellent, one hundred twenty one yards receiving on five catches, including a 47-yard touchdown uh pass mid- midway through the game. Chris Godwin was excellent. That they, they didn't target Mike Evans uh, as uh, as much as as the other receivers including Gronk and even Leonard Fournette. I I thought uh Fournette made some uh, made some big plays and and, and I just thought that th- the way Tom Brady had his offense focused and and efficient what w- was um Something to behold from a forty-four-year-old, and and none none of the turnover, none of the four turnovers were were his his own fault. I mean, so the first the first turnover was a, a was a uh, was part of a um a drop pass from Ronald Jones, which turned into an intercept. Uh, which turned into an interception and then then of course the fumble which allowed Dallas to to score and then the the interception at the end of the first half was the result of a Hail Mary and then the fumble uh, on a well-designed play from uh, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. So so all so all in all, the offense the offense just showed up as expected, and the Buccaneers uh, ju- just turned out to be the better team. And I thought, um, uh, the Buccaneers making that that big stop, it, with less than two minutes left on th- uh, on third down, which w- which forced the Cowboys to kick a, f- a long field goal to give the Dallas the lead. Uh, I thought that was a uh, that was a big moment in in that game, which uh, and gave Tom Brady all the time in the world to uh go, go out there and and secure the victory. Now, there there was one there, there was a, a something that really bothered me, and that was the. The second and ten uh, play with 24 seconds left was Tom Brady's pass to Chris Godwin, and I thought Godwin pushed the defender away to complete the pass, and I believe that was pass interference. But uh, but it, it, the replay showed it could have gone either way, and they were probably not going to overturn uh, that that call, even if that they were still able to challenge offensive pass interference. Which which isn't a part of the rule book anymore, but but the bottom line is I thought the Cowboys played a tremendous football game, but the Tampa, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, often especially offensively, they proved why they are a Super Bowl caliber team. Now I still think I, I still think the the issues with their secondary are prominent, right? Because because. I, I thought the issues uh, I, I, Tampa had going into the Super Bowl were masked be, because of um, the, the overwhelming ability of the defensive line to get after the quarterback, and that wasn't even talked about that much. Now, the, defense, the secondary is still young. Uh, Antoine Winfield is, is, is in his second year. We'll have to see how, how the corners hold up as the season goes along. Uh, but but I, I I thought so many positives uh, came out of the game for the Buccaneers, and I still think that in 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 a class uh, with the Buccaneers and the Rams that the, the, these are the two teams I have going to the NFC Championship game and and, and playing for a spot in the Super Bowl. That uh, and that the, the Buccaneers uh, uh, played. Um, played an excellent brand of football, and if they continue to play at a high level, I think you have to start looking at all the people that are ruling out, once again, Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their quest to go to the Super Bowl. The, se- the second thing that really struck me about week number one was... What happened with the Packers on Sunday? Well, there the, the, there was a, cu- a couple of things that that I wanted to uh, to get across here when it comes to that game. Number one, that the, the Saints put together a phenomenal game plan to to completely shut down Aaron Rodgers throughout the course of the game, and the the, the Saints defense they they forced Aaron Rodgers into. A, a lot of contested throws, and they forced Aaron Rodgers to uh, to make a lot of throws he normally would not have thrown if if it was if it was a, a type a regular type of environment. And if I'm the, if I'm the Packers, you you have to look back, you have to change a lot of things, and you has the and you have to turn turn the page. And and they don't want to talk about the fact that they were blown out. Thirty-eight to three, by the New Orleans Saints, who uh, who in their first game in the post Drew Brees era. So, uh, so, so that that's something they, they need to take care of. I mean, the running attack was non-existent. Aaron Rodgers had had the suffered the worst regular season loss of his career uh, career with two interceptions, one hundred thirty only one hundred thirty-three yards passing. And and his quarterback rating from ESPN was thirteen point four, but but um the Packers without an offensive line uh, with David Bakhtiari and Ryan Lindsley, who are a perennial all pro candidates that's going without those two the offense is going to have a hard time uh, getting the ball up and down the field so they they need David Bakhtiari back in the worst way possible and and that won't happen for another five weeks or so, so, but how about the Saints, Jameis Winston, 14 of 20, 148 yards, five passing touchdowns in this game, and so the, the, the you never see saw Jameis Winston this efficient when he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you, you just didn't, it was a, it was a combination of, of, bad, of poor coach and poor design, but Pete Carmichael put together a fantastic game plan, that so, uh, that allowed Jameis Winston to, to be that efficient and and Alvin Kamara he he was ex uh, he was very good eighty three yards rushing and and a receiving touchdown, uh from, from from Winston Jawan Johnson uh called a couple of touchdowns Deontay Howard a fifty five yard uh t- touchdown to, to put the game on ice so I think it was it, it made the game thirty eight to three. So, but this this speaks to the legacy of Sean Payton, and and to be fair, I did not have the Saints making the playoffs because of the, uh, because of the receivers and the without Michael Thomas and without Jay, without Drew Brees as the leader. But when you when you but when you put James Winston with an offense led by Sean Payton and, and Pete Carmichael, that 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 speaks volumes about the culture that the uh, that Sean Payton has built in New Orleans. For the last fifteen years, and it it it's one one of the great miracles in, uh, in uh, great long term miracles in the NFL in recent NFL history with the Saints being, was such a dysfunctional franchise. Sean Payton comes in and and he and he instantly changes the culture like that, and 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 he going to be one of those coaches that's gonna that's gonna end up in the Hall of Fame soon. So, so that that was a statement win for. Uh, the, the the New Orleans Saints and and, and and a rough way for the Packers to uh, to, to start uh, to start their season. but there is good news for the Green Bay Packers. They are t- they were tied for first in the NFC North because all four teams in the NFC North lost on Sunday. the Chicago Bears in- uh, predictably got punked and destroyed by Matthew Stafford. And the L.A. Rams on Sunday night, and Matthew Stafford just showcased the thing of beauty uh, in, in their in their matchup on Sunday. Twenty of twenty-six passing, three hundred and twenty-one passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a one fifty-six point one passer rating. He he was as dominant as dominant could be, and I thought that was the that was the single best game of Matthew Stafford's 13-year NFL career, yeah, even better than any start he ever had with with the Lions in in, in the 12 years he had. But I'm going to I'm going to get to the Lions uh, to the Lions in, in um in, in just a bit and why the Matthew Stafford slander is now pointless in in, in he he just threw deep balls and the, the Rams desperately needed a quarterback that could throw the ball down the field which which was Sean McVay's dream from from the very start since he took over as the head coach after Jeff Fisher uh was uh was fired and it it showed from the from the very first possession after after the Rams uh intercepted Andy Dalton in the end zone that it was if the, the um the, the very for the very the second pass that Matthew Stafford threw as an LA Ram boom sixty seven yard touchdown reception to Van Jefferson and, and boom it was seven nothing and and I I think that the Rams have to be feeling really good about themselves because if if the Rams had a quarterback that could throw the ball down the field which they did which they didn't have in Jared Goff Goff was uh proved to be much much more a game manager than a playmaker, then uh, then the Rams could have gone a lot deeper and potentially have won a Super Bowl, uh, with with Sean McVay already and Cooper Cup uh, uh was excellent a fifty six yard touchdown uh fifty six yard pass and and also. A, a touchdown pass of uh, from, from Matthew Stafford to uh, to put the uh, to extend the Rams' lead in in the first half. So I I, I believe that 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 the, he he was an excellent uh, excellent um for the uh, for the Rams on Sunday night. So uh, uh, so uh, but what on the flip side the Bears Andy Dolan in prime time. The reason why I selected this game as the lock of the week because Matthew Stafford in prime time, Andy Dalton in prime time, and Andy Dalton that uh, I and he did not have an effective game, only five point four yards per passing attempt, and and he and he threw one interception, uh, and that was the end zone interception, and. And he, he proved to be ineffective. He was unable to, m- to make the big plays uh, when, when it mattered. And, spoiler alert, he wouldn't because Matt Nagy can't coach his way out of a paper bag. And that's going to be a problem for the Chicago Bears. And and the, the jury is still out on Matt Nagy, and rightfully so. And, hey, Justin Fields came in for a few snaps. And he even ran for a touchdown. I mean... What is going on with 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 the Bears that Justin Fields was clearly the second best quarterback on the field on Sunday night between both teams, and yet Matt Nagy still has the balls to start Andy Dalton? Justin Fields, if you watched him preseason, yeah, he, he he showcased a lot of the uh, qualities you need from a special type of quarterback, and uh, and w- with. With manip- manipulating defensive packages, uh, ability to scramble out of the pocket, ability to make big time throws. That's what Justin Fields did all of training camp and all the preseason football. And yet Andy Dolan is the answer in Chicago. I mean, please. The the uh, and, and a lot of Bears fans know this. this. This this is the same problems that that Matt Nagy had last year with Mitch Trubisky and and um and Nick Foles that neither one is a real franchise quarterback and Andy Dolan is not a, is not a franchise quarterback anymore but Justin Fields is so so Justin Fields it, it needs to start if the Chicago Bears want to contend and and make the playoffs. And remember, the Bears do not have a first round pick next year because because the the Giants wisely knew the Bears were desperate for a quarterback and they and the Bears were forced to trade up this way that they they could get their guy. And yet they could they couldn't um yet yet the yet they were just destroyed by a better team and, and the team that I expect that's gonna play deep into January and possibly in, into February, so I I I think there's going to be a lot of soul searching for the Chicago Bears as we as we as we get into deeper into the NFL season. So those are the three games that I wanted to uh, to uh, get out in detail. Other things that 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 I looked at as noteworthy: the the Steelers go into Buffalo and take down the Bills and. Well, wow, that's a fantastic, sensational win for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, and great job by the Steelers or by the Steelers coming back to or to win that game despite being down ten nothing at one point with with against those fans and that defense. I, and listen, I I did not take the cheese on the Buffalo Bills to uh, to to be a Super Bowl contender. That that the offense looked stagnant, and and the, and the defense looked exposed at times, especially in in the in the fourth quarter in in the second half and the the Steelers special teams uh played played a big role in that comeback and that that's some um, that's going to be a tough one for the great fans of Buffalo in western New York to uh, to uh to try to get over as we as the season begins uh, other games, the Sam Darnold revenge game, no surprise, the Panthers beat the Jets. I have Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson. That connection was electric as per usual. The Houston Texans uh, and Lovey Smith's defense found a way to take down the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence's NFL debut. First time Trevor Lawrence has lost as a starting quarterback ever. So he, uh he won his first sixty nine games between high school and college, and-, and now in the NFL, he's he starts zero and one. The Arizona Cardinals, no surprise, took down the Tennessee Titans, but. But by the margins uh, that that they, they put across, I mean Kyler Murray was was fantastic and he put on a show and, and two things for Tennessee. One, I don't trust uh, number one, I don't trust their defense. And number two, Arthur Smith as uh, are, are the, the Titans really missed the uh, the genius of Arthur Smith as an offensive coordinator and and uh, Derek Derek Henry was uh, was, was limited, 3.4 yards per carry. And and the Cardinals defense, led by Chandler Jones, who who registered five sacks, uh, the so one of the best season opening performances ever by a defensive player. What was done by uh, Chandler Jones, who is quietly making a case for uh, going into the NFL Hall of Fame, and I think he's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame when it, when it's all said and done here for for the for the Cardinals and with. the and the Titans really miss Arthur Smith, by the way. Speaking of Arthur Smith, the Falcons' offense was lackluster. Uh, against, against the against Philadelphia Eagles the Eagles defensive line what what w- was ferocious and Relentless on on Sunday Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox both both played big roles in 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 the Eagles victory and yes I had the Eagles going five and 12 but it, it did did I sleep on the Eagles before the season absolutely not because with, with Jalen hurts in his first full season as the quarterback he he played really well down the stretch last year when he took over as a starter from Carson Wentz, and, and he, he he took full advantage and and became the leader in the clubhouse for, um, of, of for, for the Eagles starting quarterback role, and he and he's taken full advantage. Two hundred sixty-four yards passing, three touchdowns. Miles Sanders was effective on the ground, seventy-four yards rushing on fifteen attempts, and. Devontae Smith caught a touchdown in his NFL debut. Actually, his first catch in the NFL. What was a touchdown from Jalen Hurts, and and meanwhile, the Falcons have so many issues on defense. They had a lot of problems, uh keeping keeping the Eagles' offense off the field on on third and fourth downs, and and the the Eagles were six of thirteen from third downs, while the Falcons were three of fourteen. Of in in that category, and speaking of Carson Wentz, the Colts lost their season opener to to Seattle. And I was just a little disappointed in 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 the Colts defense. That but Russell Wilson it, it can just be a magician at times. 18 of 23 passing, 254 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero picks, a 152.3 passer rating. Tyler Lockett caught a long touchdown and. And 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 the we could talk about Seattle's offensive line, but the Col- the Colts defense did not do enough to contain Russell Wilson and allowed him to make a lot of plays that, that that he was able to make. Now, I don't I'm not taking the, the cheese long term with Seattle, but that that was a great way to start the season. Uh, f- uh I mean uh, for Seattle, not not in terms of going to the Super Bowl, but I did have the Seahawks making the playoffs preseason. And I think, uh, I think I think I think this was the type of performance that that, val- that brings on my point. So uh, so other other things uh, I took away the Chiefs and the Browns. That was a great game, and, and Patrick Mahomes uh, in, in the end when when the, you you never count out the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. And I thought the Browns played really well, but good good. Uh, I I think these two teams are going to be competing in the. AFC championship game at the end of the season. So, it's so, so much uh, in week from week number 1 of the NFL season and I'll get into more as we as I make my picks and predictions for week number 2 of the National Football League tomorrow. So, I I an, another week uh, will will we'll commence tomorrow when I make my official picks for week 2. It is no secret that the ravages of Hurricane Ida have impacted so many people across the eastern United States. And people along the Gulf Coast and the Mid-Atlantic suffered the worst of this deadly storm. But now is your chance to help with the Red Cross. You can donate for hurricane victims by donating by mail to American Red Cross P.O. Box 37839 in Boone, Iowa 50037-0839 by phone at 1-800-HELP-NOW, that is 1-800-435-7669, or online at redcross.org donate, and have your credit or debit card information ready to process the donation. All donations are are tax deductible. The American Red Cross is registered as a 501c3 non-profit organization. Contributions to the American National Red Cross are tax deductible to the extent permitted by law. The Red Cross's tax identification number is 53-0196605. Now is your chance to help someone feel the comforts of charity now. I wanted to take some time to discuss the Lions before I move on to other sports. So, I promised uh, that that I would talk about Matthew Stafford and the and the disrespect that he got throughout the course of the offseason after he was traded t- to the Detroit Lions and he had one game so far with the Rams and his passer rating was 156.1 with the performance he had on Sunday night against the Bears but what about the Lions they had a a, he played 165 games with the Lions and the highest single game passer rating he had was 148.6 so this tells you everything you need to know about the state of both franchises the Rams are extremely well coached they have Great coordinators. They they brought in Raheem Morris to to run the defense. It's still Sean McVay's offense, and and meanwhile the Lions, uh, they have not they have not made it to the playoffs without Matthew Stafford since 1997 when they still had Barry Sanders uh, running the ball 25 times a game, and 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 it's it's a combination of everything, but uh, uh, poor ownership. Poor coaching, with the exception of Jim Caldwell, that I never would have fired uh, Jim Caldwell after the twenty seventeen season in the first place. So, but but everything else, a uh, bad defense, bad a uh, bad design, bad offensive line. Uh, outside of Megatron, not not many great receivers, and. And, and you know for for the lions it's going to be the same old same old thing now the, the lions did, did did try to mount a massive comeback against the 49ers on sunday which they were they were down 41 to 10 at one point but you, you you know the thing I said about Dan Campbell is he going to lose more games or bite more kneecaps that's going to be the story with with with, with the team but i do give i do give Dan Campbell credit that yeah th- that the lions uh, p- uh, played 60 minutes of football and 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 the lions fought with grit and toughness and, and, in in the second half and i give them credit for that but the the, the lions are still a, a long long ways away from contending for the, for the playoffs their offensive line i thought uh, p- played well in the second half but you, you know uh, Jeff Okuda ruptured his Achilles on Sunday. He's out for the season, and that was a waste of a third round of, of the third overall pick. They they could have gone with defense. Uh, they could have gone with the their defensive line. They could have gone with uh, someone to protect Matthew Stafford. They could have gone for a wide receiver, but um, but the Lions. And I said this back at the time, I said this during quarantine, the Lions, uh, the, uh, w- w- the Lions needed to go uh, defensive uh, defensive line or linebacker with their third overall pick, and they just d- didn't do that. And now they'll suffer the consequences of not having Jeff Okuda for the 2021 season. Other notes across sports. I want to get into some Major League Baseball. So, how how about the the and the, uh, the action over the weekend? And I want to get get into uh, the the Subway Series and the games on Saturday and Sunday night. They were just magnificent. And and and, and Saturday night the, the the see they seen the. Yeah, you know, the crowd—they were into it the entire game, and of course, the the nine 11 uh, the pregame ceremony was just absolutely phenomenal. They had the bagpipers, they had, uh, they had the cops and their kids sing the national anthem. They had, uh, they they had um, uh, a, a, there were a lot of American flags you know, that were and that were out on the stands. Uh, on the facades of all of all the um bowls of the stadium and and the chance of usa usa throughout the game they they were just uh, uh, that 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 tells me everything everything you need to know about New York because not 911 was was most certainly a, tra- a a tragic uh incident for for the American people but it we, we, you you come in you go into New York on 911 it it just feels so much different because that was the city where where 3,000 Amer- or three thousand people innocently lost their lives on September 11th 2001 and and the, and the NYPD the FdNY the first responders they they, they were um they, they were omnipresent throughout the game and and there was, there was so many applauses, and and of, of course, a tri- uh, of course, the, the military tributes. Uh, they they had Captain Joe Quinn honored as the as the veteran of the game, and of course, this was this is the first nine eleven without active U.S. involvement in Afghanistan. And, uh, and every and forty three thousand fans were packed into into Citi Field and and of course it was a heck of a ball game. The Yankees went up five nothing and the, the Mets uh clawed their way back into the game and, and eventually took the lead. But then Aaron Judge yeah uh, hit, uh, hits the clutch home run to tie the game in the eighth inning and then the Yankees took the lead on off, off throwing everybody. Harvey Baez and. And and then then the next game, Francisco Lindor made a signature, a Met, uh, signature Mets game. He hits three home runs, and there was uh, a, a lot of drama, of bench, a benches clearing incident, which which, which built with Stan with between Giancarlo Stan and Francisco Lindor, Lin- Lindor and Bias took exception to Stan calling out Lindor, uh, Lindor for his home run celebration, and and the, the bench is emptied, and and it it was a sight to behold for. Uh, for hard pulsing hours at City Field on Sunday night, and, and I thought the I thought Sunday night's game what w- was uh, it's, both games were terrific, uh, but, but I, I just thought the uh, with with Francisco Lindor uh, on Sunday night making is making his presence known to New York that I I could not get enough of that. And Francisco Lindor certified his place as the face of the franchise, and the Mets have ten more years to work with with Francisco Lindor. So, I I could could not wait uh wait for, for what what the future holds for Francisco Lindor. Now uh, to other uh, other a couple of other notes I want to get across: the Toronto Blue Jays have been playing at a magnificently high level, and the Toronto's offense has just been on fire lately, and, and I want to give you, uh, some of the things, for, for the Blue Jays, this season, they have a, a, a plus seven a plus 174, run, run differential, which is, second in the National, in the American League, only to the, he uh o- only to the Astros and, uh, and I'm not gonna give you some of these numbers. Vlad Guerrero Jr. a three eighteen batting average. He just he took the lead home runs last night with forty five. Drove in hundred and three runs, a- and and Marcus Simeon has close to forty home runs. That was the easiest first guess, and um, that he was gonna have a big season. Tiasco Te- Hernandez has uh, over hundred RBIs already. And and the Blue Jays, uh, their offense has been uh, simply outstanding. They have four hitters with twenty or more home runs, and two already with more than hundred RB more than one hundred RBIs. And uh, as long as the uh, and and with that rotation now that's been that's been pitching well with Robbie Ray, who is in the discussion for the Cy Young. Um, the, the the addition of Jose Barrios has been big, and and. and and Alec Manoa, the rookie, has been has been excellent, and 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 the Blue Jays with the rotation they have, and the and and even with even with the bullpen without Kirby Yates, uh, there's they're being they've been excellent all year, and the Blue Jays are a team you don't want to face when it comes to the when it comes to the playoffs. So, and, and if you look at the Pythagorean win win loss record, meaning. Uh, what's the expected record when you look at the run scored and runs against the it, it's the Houston Nationals 1, the Toronto Blue Jays two and the Tampa Rays number three and the Blue Jays destroyed the Rays last night eight uh, by a by a, a fi- final score of eight to one and, and 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 people are looking at the, the wildly competitive American League wild card standings and 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 and, lo- and looking at those those wild card standings, you look at the Yankees who had a big win a big come from behind win against Minnesota in a makeup game yesterday. So but the Yankees and Red Sox are tied for the second wild card spot. The the, the the Mariners are two back. The Oakland A's they lo- they lost two in a row, but they're two and a half back. But but in terms of the loss com, only three separates the three teams that are the five teams at the top of the wild card chase. The the Blue Jays, so oh, are the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mariners, and the A's. So it's it's going to be an epic, um, an epic race to the finish between all those five teams, and particularly though uh, those games. In, in, in between the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, and and, and after the Yankees are are home for uh, for uh, for a series against um Cleveland and Texas over the week uh n- next week, they have a three game series at Fenway against the Red Sox and a three game series at the Rogers Center against the Blue Jays, and all six of those games are certainly going to feel like playoff games, and and I, and I expect. Uh, some some dramatic games toward the end uh of the regular season between those teams. So, I I I it's the way the season's going in is, is certainly going to be eye opening, for for um for for, for there. And, and then how about the nationally? The San Francisco Giants have have won ninety four games and they've clinched a playoff spot in in uh, for for October and. The, the Giants were just uh, have just been outstanding all year long and they, they beat the Padres uh they, they they pounced on the Padres early and they never looked back. So but but you gotta give Gabe Kapler a lot of credit. He's gonna be the National League manager of the year and and he can and even uh, even with the lack of talent that 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 was there on paper. The Giants continue to perform at an exceptionally high level, and they are one of the teams in the National League. That's that's not going to be an easy outcome come playoff time, and and, and it's certainly going to be an epic playoffs. When you look at the Do- if the Dodgers win the wild card game, you look at the Giants, you look at the the Milwaukee Brewers, and and whoever, and and looks like the Braves winning the National League East that if you look at those four teams, you, you're going to have some epic epic series, and any of those four teams are capable of going to the World Series, And but now Milwaukee, San Francisco, and the Dodgers ha- have, a, have a more superior uh, rec- record than the Atlanta Braves, but look, the Atlanta Braves ha- are 10 games over 500, they have a, 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 when you look at their run differential, it's a plus 100 run differential, and they're their offense has been playing at a high level, and particularly their infield. Even with the injury to Ronald Cunha they've stayed healthy the whole year, and they've all put up um, th- numbers that will probably be uh, in the 30-home run, 100-RBI department at the end of the season. So, and it's that's going to be something to watch here when you look at the Atlanta Braves, so... I, I can't wait for that. Some college football uh, th- things to look at. Oregon took down Ohio State uh, on sun, on Saturday, and that was a that was a big statement win for Oregon as the Pac-12 looks to claw their way back into relevancy. And that was a tough loss for for the for Ohio State and the Big Ten uh, on on um, on Saturday. Um, uh, in in Columbus. And how about the game between Iowa State and Iowa? That was a statement victory for 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 for, uh, for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They they beat Iowa State 27 to 17 and uh, and, and th- their, their defense was excellent th- throughout. They forced Brock Purdy to throw three interceptions and and they and they took full advantage as good good teams normally do. So and Iowa is trending up and right and they're the highest ranked team in the Big 10 and and we're going to see it when when Ohio State and if Ohio State and uh, Iowa clash it's not it's not going to look that way this year but I I would be floored if if Iowa makes their way to the Big Ten championship game to play Ohio State, we'll have to see how, how that holds up. So, that'll do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn saying so long. I'll be back here on the podcast tomorrow to to preview week two of the NFL season. Have a wonderful night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow.